beginning April 2nd. Watch Cross Assembly live streaming on Facebook and crossassembly.org. It's time for Truth Unfiltered with Pastor Chad Harvey. We live in a standby culture. People don't know where they're going to go when they die. They're scared to death of a disease with less than a 1% mortality rate because they're not sure what's going to happen when they die. I'm not being cavalier, but I'm telling you, I'm confirmed. I know where I'm going because my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life and I can kick back and relax and enjoy life. That's Chad Harvey. And welcome to today's broadcast of Truth Unfiltered. We're glad you're here. Pastor Chad is the teaching pastor at Cross Assembly Church in Raleigh, leading you to a deeper understanding of the Bible by putting the scriptures in context, emphasizing how God's Word applies to our daily lives. We invite you to join us and allow the Holy Spirit to bring Truth Unfiltered to you. Now, here's Pastor Chad. He made this place in six days. He's been working on your home for the last 2,000 years. How amazing must that home be? And so, um, what's it going to be like to live in heaven? Well, look at verse 1. John says, also, now this is significant. There was no more sea, verse 4, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. The the significance of verse one, where John says, there's no sea, there's no ocean in heaven. Keep in mind, John is on the island of Patmos. It's It's an island in the Aegean Sea, and he's what, 60 miles from the mainland? All of his family, all of his friends are separated 60 miles away by all this water. For John, the sea represented separation. And when he says in heaven, there is no more sea, I think for the John that meant there's no more separation from each other, no more separation from loved ones. Um, one of the most challenging parts of, of pastoral ministry is, are funerals. Funerals are tough. If it's a lost person, it's really, really hard. I mean, I can't preach somebody into heaven. Funerals for lost people are hard, but, but I'm going to say, even for saved people, it can be hard. And for me, the hardest part of a funeral, even if it's a saved person, I don't know, maybe it's just me, is the graveside. You know, we've had the service in here. We've driven over to the cemetery. Everybody walks to the grave graveside the coffin is there we say a few words we pray and I say in Jesus name amen and they they talk and they mill around with each other and it's always broken my heart to see a family they share Christmases together they have so many memories together family reunions together they all walk away and they leave one of theirs right there by the grave that breaks my heart It breaks my heart to see a man that has every night gone to bed with a lady for 60 years. And tonight, she's there and he's by himself. I've seen mothers leave children in those coffins. And mothers will say, I'm so so worried. I looked at the weather, it's supposed to get cold tonight. I don't want him to be cold. And she knows he can't feel anything. She knows he's not there. The logic tells him, but, but the mama instinct says he's going to get cold tonight. I'm leaving him out here by himself. Breaks my heart. But this passage says, when we finally 
have that family reunion in heaven. There's no more goodbye. There's no more separation. There's no more weeping. There's no more crying. There's no more mourning. That blesses my heart. And then the Bible goes a little further and says this. But I saw no temple in it, in the new Jerusalem, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light, and the nations, listen, and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth shall bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day, There shall be no more night there, and they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it, but there shall be by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. There's no more darkness in heaven. Do you see that in verse 23? No more darkness. There's no more danger. Do you see that in verse 25? It says the gates are open 24-7. Listen to me. That's significant. In John's day, a city at night would close their gates so that danger could not come in and destroy that city. But here's what John is saying. Hey, there's no more danger in city. We don't have to keep the city gates shut because there is no more danger. We just throw them open wide. And then he says, not only is there no darkness, no danger, there's also no depravity. Verse 27. Listen, the curse of sin is finally broken. Some of y'all who've been struggling all your life with that sin issue, and sometimes you have victory, and just when you think you've overcome it, you fall back, and it makes you so mad and so frustrated and so depressed. Guess what? No more battles in heaven because there is no more sin. You've won the battle through the Lord Jesus Christ forever and ever. No depravity. And to me, ultimately, the most beautiful part of heaven, verse 22, is you're going to be in the presence of Jesus Christ forever. Verse 22. I know I've shared this story before, but I I like the story, so I'm going to share it again. There's a story I've shared with y'all before. Because I got a lot of questions. I'll be honest with you. Uh, The more I read about heaven, the more questions I have about heaven. And I wish I could get all those questions answered. I wish I could answer yours. There's a lot of, I just shrugging my shoulders, I don't know. But I heard this story years ago of a man in the old days... He's on his deathbed. He lives in the old farmhouse and he sends for the doctor. And uh, this is in the days when doctors made house calls. So the doctor hitches up his horse to the buggy, throws his uh, dog in there, and he goes to visit the farmhouse. Gets to the farmhouse. The doctor and his dog get outside. They go inside the house. He goes upstairs, opens the door, checks the vitals of the old man. And the old man says, Doc, am I dying? He says, I'm going to be honest with you, you're, you're, you're almost gone, you're, you're dying. And so the, the old man just starts asking the doctor all these questions about heaven. Question after question after question. And finally the doctor stops him and says, I got to tell you, I'm a doctor, I'm not a theologian, I can't answer all your questions. And he hears a scratching outside, but the doctor said this to the old man. He said, but you hear that scratching? The dying old man said, yeah. He said, you know what that is? It's my dog. I brought him with me. He waited downstairs, he got tired of waiting for his master, and so he's come upstairs and he's scratching at the door to get to me. Now that dog 
has no idea what's on the other side of the door. All he knows is his master is there. And wherever his master is, he wants to be. And I'm telling you, I don't know all that's going to be on the other side of the door. But I do know this. My master is going to be there. Jesus is going to be there. And that's really all I need to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, how... I mean, I love teaching about heaven. But how do we apply this? How should this change our, I mean, Pastor, all this is good and theoretical stuff is really interesting. Does this apply to me in my daily living? It actually does. Here's how you apply this thing. Jot a couple things down. Number one, know your mortality. Know your mortality. In other words, um, know you're gonna die. You are gonna die. Reflect on the fact that you're gonna die. Pastor, that's your encouragement? That's my encouragement for today. I, I told y'all I don't have the gift of encouragement. Why y'all keep coming here asking for me to encourage you? Here's my encouragement today. You're gonna die. But if you read Psalm 90, now Psalm 90 is an interesting psalm. Psalm 90 talks about how quick life passes. It's going to be over soon. And then in verse 12 of Psalm 90, it says this. So God, in light of the fact that life is so quick, it's so fragile, God, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Now, this is counterintuitive, okay? But I think what that's saying What I've found is the more I realize that this is not my final destination, the more I realize life is short and I start reflecting on eternal things, I start reflecting on my mortality, you think that'll make you more depressed, it actually makes you less depressed. It actually gives you wisdom. I mean, look, we're walking around and our focus is on everything but eternity. We focus on what's the number one song on iTunes, what are the Kardashians wearing, uh, what's trending on Facebook. We get so sucked up into all this mess, we stop thinking about eternal things. And that verse right there is saying it's good every now and then to take a time out and understand this life is going to pass soon. Uh, in fact, there's a way, now don't, look, don't go to this website, it's probably going to depression. Do you know there's actually a website you can go to and it'll ask you, okay, what's your body mass index? You tell them, do you drink, do you smoke, you fill out all this stuff. What's your birth date? You type in your birth date and you push enter and it'll say, based on statistics and all the, the things you've given us, you have been alive this many days and you're gonna die in this many days. And I'm gonna tell you what's very depressing is when you have more days behind you than you have in front of you, okay? <laughs> But the Bible's telling us to do this. Y'all do understand. Listen, I, I, I like doing this little exercise. I've done this with y'all before. On the count of three, okay, I want everybody to blink their eyes once on the count of three. Y'all ready? One, two, three, blink. Okay. If you live to be 76 years of age, that blink, if my math is right, is one six billionth of your life if you live to be age 76. That blink, one six billionth of your life. And yet when you start considering eternity, your 76 years on planet Earth is quicker than that blink. Why are we so focused on the blink when we should be focused on eternity? And there's something powerful about understanding that as bad as it gets here, as messed up as it gets here, uh, that there's a better place. There's a better day. I'm going to heaven. And when eternity starts to enter my mind, it pushes out all that anxiety. In fact, my favorite quote from C.S. Lewis C.S. Lewis said this, if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world, did the most for the present world, were just those who thought the most of the next world. 
the apostles themselves who set on foot the conversion of the Roman Empire, the great men who built the Middle Ages, the English evangelicals who abolished the slave trade, guys like Wilberforce. They all left their mark on earth precisely because their minds were occupied with heaven. Now listen to this. Now this is so powerful. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think about the other world that they've become so ineffective in this world. Aim at heaven and you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. Wow. Number one, know your mortality. And this teaching on heaven reminds me, number two, to know your destination. Verse 27, but there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm as serious as I can possibly be right here. We ain't here to entertain you and have some smoke and some dancing and make you feel good on a Sunday morning. I'm a dying man preaching to dying people. And you better know your destination. You better know where you're going. And that says right there. They can edit me out on WREL all they want. I know of what I speak. I'm just telling you right now. There's only one way to salvation. His name is Jesus Christ. There's only one hope of heaven. That's Jesus Christ. If your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, you have no hope. Is this microphone? Can y'all hear what I'm saying? Y'all have no hope except for the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, you say, now, well, if, if I were to ask you, if you're to die right now and you're to stand before God and God were to ask you, why should I let you into heaven? Well, I, I, I don't know. I've been trying to do good things and try to live a good life. That's not sufficient. If I were to ask some of y'all right now, do you know for certain that you have eternal life and you're going to heaven when you die? I, I guarantee you, there'd be a lot of people in this church that say, well, I hope so. Hope so. I don't know what your Bible says. My Bible says in John 20, 31, these things are written that you may know that you have eternal life. Hey, I know where I'm going. And part of the problem of this culture, listen, have you ever been to an airport before and uh, you got your ticket and you go to the front and they say, sir, I'm sorry, you are on standby. And that's stressful because you want to get home, you're tired, you've been on a business trip and you're not sure if you're going to make the plane tonight because you are on standby. People on standby, they're all stressed out. They're pacing back and forth. Am I going to get on it or am I not? What's going to happen? There's nothing more beautiful than going to that desk and you give them the ticket and they say, no, sir, you are confirmed. And if you're confirmed, you can sit back, drink some Starbucks. Y'all can drink it. I don't drink that liberal juice, but y'all can drink it. You sit back, you drink it. You got a newspaper. You can relax. Why? Because you're confirmed. Can I tell you the problem in our culture right now? And COVID has brought it out. We live in a standby culture. People don't know where they're going to go when they die. They're scared to death of a disease with less than a 1% mortality rate because they're not sure what's going to happen when they die. I'm not being cavalier, but I'm telling you, I'm confirmed. I know where I'm going because my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life and I can kick back and relax and enjoy life. There's only one way to that kind of peace and it's Jesus Christ. So know your mortality. 
Know your destination. And then number three, know your guide. This hit me this past week. I've always just kind of operated under this assumption, but this is hit me this past week. Did you know that Christianity is not a one-time decision? It really is a journey. Over and over and over again, the Bible portrays this as a walk with Jesus Christ. You know, Galatians 5, keep in step with the Spirit. Jesus, Luke 9, 23, take up your cross and follow me. Implication, this is a journey. Psalm 32, 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Implication, this is a journey. John 16, 13, the Holy Spirit will guide you. He'll lead you. Implication, this is a journey. Proverbs 3, 6, in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Implication, this is a journey. And dozens and dozens of verses imply that we are on a journey and every journey has to have a destination. If it's not, if you don't have a destination, you're not on a journey, you're just on a walk, okay? If this is a journey, there has to be a destination. And my destination is heaven. And let me stop and say this. I, I got to get back to this thing again. Because some of you are, are thinking, I don't know where I'm going. Listen, take it from a man who knows where he's going. Heaven is a great place. It's a wonderful journey when you understand the destination. In fact, I heard, <laughs> heard of this, uh, this old tombstone in a monastery in Europe from centuries ago. On that tombstone are these words, remember friend as you pass by. As you are now, once was I. As I am now, you soon will be. So prepare my friend to follow me. And underneath somebody had scribbled these words, to follow you, I am not content until I know which way you went. (laughs) I'm on a journey but I know where I'm going. And to to be able to make this journey, listen to me, you've got to hang on to your guide, Jesus Christ. It's imperative. Some of you are going through a tough time right now. I'm gonna tell you something. You're still on a journey. Some of you have just lost your job and you say it's all over. Unemployment is not your destination. It's a valley, but that's not your destination. Some of you have recently got bad news from the doctor. Cancer is not your destination. Maybe part of the journey, but that's not the destination. Some of you are going through a divorce right now and you say my life is over. Your life is not over because divorce is not your destination. It's part of the journey. And I'm just telling you, hold on to Jesus. You know, years ago I had a, a, a mentor in ministry Talk about how he went to the Sinai Peninsula. Now, you, can't, you can't visit there today. It's very dangerous. But uh, he was on a tour, had a, 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 a tour guide. I think it was like a Bedouin tour guide or something. Went to the Sinai Peninsula because he said, I wanted to climb to the top of Mount Sinai. And I wanted to see the sunrise over Mount Sinai. I'd read in travel books, the most beautiful sight in the world is sunrise on Mount Sinai where Moses got the uh, Ten Commandments. And so uh, he said, I'm at the base that evening. And I say to my guide, Here's what I want to do. You'll make my dream come true. Let's get to the top of Mount Sinai while it's still dark, and let's watch the sunrise on Mount Sinai. And that tour guide said, are you sure? He said, yeah. He said, well, here's what we have to do. We have to leave really early in the morning. In fact, it's going to be dark when we leave. And we're going to take a trail, and what I need you to do is you stay close to me 
keep your hands on my back, the back of my shirt, but just stay close to me. And he said, together, we'll, we'll get to the top of Mount Sinai. So he said, he woke me up early, what, three o'clock in the morning, whatever, it's, it's pitch black outside. He said, come on. He said, I start walking with this, this guide. He said, I could tell it was one of these little footpaths that tourists don't take. It was twisting. It was going higher and higher and higher. I couldn't see anything. And my guide sometimes said, just stay close, stay close, stay close. Don't, don't go, don't walk to the left, just stay close. He said, we finally get to the top of Mount Sinai and it's dark, but you can see some rays of light breaking in the horizon. And he said, I saw the most beautiful sunrise I'd ever seen. And he said, as the sun is coming up, I glanced back down the trail that guide had taken me. It was like this wide and there are drop-offs, 100-foot drop-offs on it. And he said, two thoughts hit me. If I would have known how dangerous that trail was, had he shown me ahead of time where I was going, I probably wouldn't have gone. Number two, had I not gone, I would have missed out on the most beautiful sunrise I had ever seen. He said, I'm glad I stayed close to my guide. I'm saying to you, if Jesus had revealed to you 10 years ago what y'all gonna be going through, some of y'all may have never taken the journey, but you would have missed out on the most beautiful sunrise you've ever seen. Can I tell you a difference? between Christians and non-Christians. John, we got all these problems and non-Christians don't. Everybody has problems. Our difference is we got a guide that we can hang on to. We got somebody that we can put our hands on who's been where we're at, who knows where he's going. And I'm saying to some of y'all, I know it's dark right now, but just hang on to Jesus. I know you're going through a valley right now but just hang on to Jesus. I know things are dark and it doesn't make sense. And I'm just telling you, just hang on to Jesus because the day is gonna come when you're gonna close your eyes in this world in death. And the next time you open your eyes, you're gonna see the most beautiful sunrise you have ever seen. And so shall we always be with the Lord. Just hang on to Jesus. This is so important. If you're listening to me now, or you're watching online, or you're watching on WREL, let me ask you this question again. Do you know for certain that you have eternal life and you're going to heaven when you die? Well, I hope. Stop hoping and start receiving. You can know that whatever happens to you here on earth, your guide is going to get you to heaven. It's simply a matter of turning away from your sins, repenting of your sins, and turning to Jesus. Because see, here's the problem. You and I are separated from God by our sins. Some of y'all are living separated from God. And if you die, you'll die separated from God. And you'll spend eternity separated from God. But the God-man, Jesus Christ, came into this world and every wicked, vile thing I've done and you've done, he took the punishment for. He died for. He paid the price. He was buried and he came back to life. And now if you'll turn from your sins and turn to Jesus and surrender your life to him, you will come back into right relationship with God. And when you die, you will be with the Lord forever and ever. So bow your head right now. If you're not certain that you have eternal life, I want you to zone everybody else out. It's just you and Jesus right now. And say this to Jesus, I mean it with all your heart. Jesus, I am a sinner. Lord, I deserve to be punished. Say this, if I've done some bad things, But Lord, I believe you died for my sins. You paid the price. Say that to him. You paid the price. 
I believe you were buried. And three days later, God raised you from the dead. Say that to him. Now say this to Jesus. Lord, I turn away from all my sin. And I turn to you. Forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, come and take control of my life. And take me to heaven when I die. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, the rest of you, we all do something for me. Look, some of y'all life's going good right now. You're not going through the valley. Again, here's Pastor Chad's encouragement. You may not be going through the valley now. You're going to go through the valley soon. We all go through valleys. And you can either choose to forget the fact that Jesus Christ is with you and try to go through that valley alone, or you can keep your hands on Jesus and one hand raised in praise and praise the Lord Jesus Christ, even in the valley. And I'm going to ask every believer right now to start practicing that. Hey, y'all do realize you're not alone. You do realize that, right? Y'all do realize that, yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you're not going to fear anything. Why? Because he's with you. He protects you. He'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. So I don't know what you're facing this week, but I'm going to say it again. Don't have your head you know, down and your shoulders droop, sad, sick, and sorry. Throw your shoulders back. Turn your eyes on Jesus Christ. Live like a conqueror. Act like a conqueror. Think like a conqueror. Speak like a conqueror. Because we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Raise your hands and receive this blessing, church, from the Lord. Chazak Bayamatz. Which church is Hebrew for y'all be bold, y'all be strong, you don't be afraid, and you don't be terrified of anything. Why? Because this week the Lord your God is going to be with you everywhere you go. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you, beloved. Let's go change this world for Jesus Christ. for today's Truth Unfiltered broadcast. We invite you to join us again next time for more great teaching from Pastor Chad Harvey, teaching pastor at Cross Assembly Church of Raleigh. Celebrating over 20 years as senior pastor of Cross Assembly, Chad Harvey brings the truth unfiltered of God's Word to your daily life. Originally from Salisbury, North Carolina, His passion for reaching the lost, sending out spirit-filled agents to a global mission field, and equipping each member to lead their family in the amazing love and grace found only in Jesus has been the cornerstone of his time and leadership at Cross Assembly. Together with his family and a loving pastoral staff serving all throughout the week, they welcome you with open arms with any need, question, or request for spiritual guidance you face today. More than just a radio Bible teacher, Discover the true blessing of joining God's family right here in the Triangle at one of our two campuses with a third coming this fall. Join us any Sunday for our online worship service at crossassembly.org. That's crossassembly.org. You'll be glad you did. 
Dream Center started back in 2014. Since then, it's been amazing to see how we started in more communities. And even through the pandemic, we grew from serving seven communities and ultimately impacting 57 communities over a short time. But watching the impact, it was the local churches that were stepping up. It was people like you that were coming out. You're serving, you're volunteering, and just pouring into the community for the sake of God's kingdom. Looking forward, we want to encourage you to be involved. If you're not familiar with us, go look at our website, RaleighDreamCenter.org. You can see all the places where you can volunteer, you can help package the groceries in our warehouse. You can come serve out in the communities. You can play with kids and hang out. Or if you're in the recovery world and you, you know somebody, maybe you have a family member who's going through it and you want somebody to walk alongside them, keep the Dream Center in mind. Send them along to us. We'd love to, to walk that walk with people uh, because we love people and we believe that's where Christ called us to go. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 40, uh, we see the great response where Jesus was said, I, I, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was naked and you clothed me. And just all of these practical ways that the believers are supposed to walk and operate and how it's truly serving Christ in those ways. Thank you for those that volunteer. Thank you for those that give to this ministry. And together we can continue having a long lasting legacy here in the Raleigh area. If you would like more information about Pastor Chad or Cross Assembly, visit crossassembly.org. Again, that's crossassembly.org. You're always welcome to visit us at any of our locations for Sunday morning services. You'll find locations and service times on our website. To support this ministry, text CROSS to 45777. That's CROSS to 45777. Join us again next time for more teaching with Pastor Chad Harvey, teaching pastor of Cross Assembly Church in Raleigh, and more of God's truth unfiltered. Beginning April 2nd, watch Cross Assembly live streaming on Facebook and crossassembly.org.